0: Greetings, everybody! Welcome to another exciting episode of Cinepunks. It's just me. It's just Liam. I'm recording solo because we wanted to get this very special, this is Hardcore edition of Cinepunks out to you as quickly as we could. We set up a. This is Hardcore as we do. Well, I guess we have for the last couple, of three years maybe, and we were able to talk to a variety of people uh, at the fest. Uh, friends, new friends. Uh, And we want to thank everyone who took some time to sit down with us. Uh, On this particular episode, besides the conversations we were able to have at This is Hardcore, there was also an extended conversation Josh had uh, over dinner with Walter Schreifel's Chaka Malik and Gavin Van Vlack. That interview was put together because of a good friend of the show, Freddie Alva, who also appears on our second edition of our This Is Hardcore episode. We recorded uh, all of this on the go, guerrilla style, using our uh, Zoom recorder. As you guys know, we are not the most technically proficient people. Try very hard, but not everything is as tight as we would like it to be, including the recorder. So some of the sound quality is not great. We recorded this during the fest outside, uh, and the interview that Josh did over dinner with uh, Walter, Chaka, and Gavin, that was um, at New Harmony. So that was during dinner. And not all of it sounds great. And there's a couple parts where Josh is a little too close to the microphone. We apologize for that. That's going to be jarring, and we're sorry about that. Also, Um, Using the recorder, we asked friends of the podcast, Sean Benassine and horror business co-host and regular Cinepunk, Justin Lure, to be involved in recording. And we did that without giving them clear instructions, so not all the recording is great. Some of it is bad. And so we want to apologize for that as well. It's a lot of apologies to start off, so uh, let me just say, that being said, there's a lot of great content here, a lot of great people Uh, on this episode you'll be hearing from... Uh, some friends of the show, like Stephen Welch, Kevin Hare, some people that I don't even know um, who Josh knows and is friends with. And we're hoping it'll be an exciting episode. Again, we normally would put the sound concerns in the show notes. Not everyone reads the show notes. So I wanted to record something in the beginning to let you know uh, that this was going to be a unique episode of This is Hardcore, We of Cinepunks, focused around this is hardcore. So, uh, we hope you enjoy it. You, we hope you have a good time. Thank you so much to everyone who made this happen. Whether that was friend of the podcast, Sicko, uh, uh, Stevie Puerto Rico, um, whether that was Freddie Alva, uh, whether that was friends like Evan, Grace, Kim, uh, some people who sat down with us who we didn't get to record very well, like Jeff. So, if you are looking for yourself on here and you're not on here, I'm sorry. Um, but we're really glad that you care about us, that you're checking out their show. Um, also big ups to the fest in general. Uh, it's weird to thank the fest because I work for the fest, but honestly, if it wasn't for the work of, uh, Chris X, Joe Hardcore, uh, even Evan and Steven and Hexter and a bunch of people involved with it, uh, I wouldn't have had the experiences I had. And especially big thanks to Rich Hall who booked the refused after show. That is part of the reason that I don't have a very good voice right now, because I screamed through most of it. So thanks again. Uh, We're so glad that you're checking us out. If you're a new listener, if you're an old listener, thanks for sticking around. We hope you enjoy this episode and look forward to a second part. Uh, This is we actually got a lot more material than we thought we would. So this is part one of the This is Hardcore episode. Thanks.
1: And go. All right. We're here with uh, state your name, sir. Mark Beamer. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you enjoying the fest, Mark?
2: Uh, the fest is pretty good. It's, you know, every year it's always an event. It's always a spectacle of uh, <coughs> friendship and hard hard stance and, and, and humidity.
1: It's definitely humid. It's it's supposed to rain today is yeah. what I hear.
2: Are you, you're tabling. Tell us about our Shirts for a Cure. Sure, Shirts for Cure. This is our 15th year. We, uh... What do we do? Uh, Sorry. I you make I'm sick t-shirts. Shirts okay. for Cures, is a nonprofit organization that I started 15 years ago after my wife passed away. Uh, I was too young to really understand what to do with stress and grief, so in all of that, I decided to change the world. Take my punk rock ethic and uh, raise money for underprivileged women to fight breast cancer with the, the, the mighty power of the t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. It's an awesome thing. And I, I love shirts for a cure. Thanks man. Yeah we we like I said we've been doing it for almost 15 years now and we have designs from everything from you know DAG nasty gorilla biscuits all the way up to uh, my chemical romance and take you back Sunday. So we have everybody. There you go. Alright so let's talk about
1: movies real quick. What do you what have you seen lately that you liked? What do you what are you waiting for with bated
2: breath? What do you want to see? Wow. It's been kind of like, a, there's been a void recently. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Civil War. Okay, Civil War was amazing. Yes. So yeah, Captain America Civil War. What I liked about that is, is it's very Empire Strikes Back, which clearly they did on purpose. Everybody, right. You know, right. What, wait, did you see all Stranger Things yet? I'm sorry, what are you? Stranger Things? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the best things created Let's in the Let's talk decade. about that for a little bit. Oh, okay. What did you think about that? <coughs> well, okay. I'm an older person, so right. young. Mark is 28 years old. Yeah, 28. Yes, <laughs> that would be nice. I, what I love about Strange Thing is that is that it, it reminds me of going into Crown Books and seeing what amazing paperback King Stephen King has just released. Right. And at the same time, going to see. Um, Poltergeist or Close Encounters later that weekend. It feels a little bit like a buffet of re- of reference. No, it's a buffet of that, and uh, the, the I really got a a post ET pre political Spielberg. Like right, pre political
1: Spielberg is good.
2: Yeah, what before? I mean, it was. It's so it's pre Schindler, right. and and it, which is I mean post Schindler is fabulous as well, but it's not so you're a Spielberg fan you like the big production Spielberg I like pre-Schindler Spielberg <laughs> fair enough love those movies afterwards but they don't have the same feel there's a feel to an 80's movie that there's way too much fog machine there the film stock is they always filmed on 35 so it's there's a slight grain yeah, that to it yeah weird grain and, and oh. we'll never ha- well people do that on purpose now but we won't have it as a requirement anymore
1: does that make sense yeah no it does make sense does it bother you that it was achieved with a filter
2: oh you mean stranger things yeah Yeah. no it doesn't really bother me because they're clearly fans of that era and did it right like they, they 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 chose a year and didn't make everything be exactly that year like the cars weren't of that year the cars were right. from the late 70s because if you were from suburban ohio i thought yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah you know you're not gonna buy a brand new honda you're gonna have a an old pinto from like 78 right, um, right. Uh, there were some like the rabbit was incorrect the the one nah, that yeah, um, Winona's riding. Excuse me? The one that Winona's driving. <laughs> no, no. Or no, that's the gremlin. Barb. Barb. Who, by the way, no one cared about. She disappeared she was, also. She's my favorite character, though. Exactly. Whole, dude. She's the only good friend, no, other exactly. than the boy. Yeah, yeah. And, and she's the one who went disappearing. And we never have really heard much about her story. Like, oh, she ran away. Yeah. And they just, like, wrote it off. It's a
1: little bit weird. A little I, bit I, weird. I felt there was a there was a... I think there's a there. sizes premise, and that's why. Because, like, if she was skinnier, they would have looked harder for her. I don't know about that.
2: That little boy, tiny, yeah, looked yeah, everywhere yeah. for her. My favorite character is uh, Thin. Kim uh, is is, uh, so or his name Mike, Mike was? No The, the, ch- the chunky kid Oh who with the, the teeth yeah, yeah right He's the best one I think he's my favorite and too And he pronounces shit Fit Fit <laughs> <laughs> So good So did you see Suicide Squad yet? That's the other thing no, I won't see that
1: Yeah it's a piece of shit Don't bother Hey
2: it doesn't It, it looks like a music video yeah, and and which would be fun first probably seven minutes.
1: Yeah, but not for two hours plus two hours. Just two hours and 15 minutes long. So yeah. I'll be honest, I
2: I loved Fury. Yeah. The uh, the tank movie. Yeah, that was that was pretty fun. That right? he did. It was surprisingly fun for what it was. Right. Exactly. And what did he do? Usually before that, that was. Oh, he also did. He did free, End of Watch. No, he did end of, end of Watch and Training Day. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed both of those for what they were. <coughs> end of Watch was, I liked it because I love Michael Pena. Yeah. Um, Jake Gillahog, I can take or leave it. Yeah, but I like I like my, Michael Pena a lot. And actually, that's one of the reasons I like The Martian so much is I like his character. Michael Pena's in The Martian? Yeah. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. He, he, he's not Matt Damon. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, the Martian, okay, we, we can talk about The Martian. Uh, I love the book. Uh-huh. I felt Was that the same director? No, that the, uh, that was Ridley Scott. Oh, right, 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 sorry. And it's not Ridley Scott from what we love of Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. And that's actually terrifies me of, of what he's doing to Blade Runner. Uh he's doing the sequel, right? Right, like that's, and yeah. he keeps, He's. he has Lucasitis. He keeps editing his original masterpieces um, to make the story even more dumbed down so you get so what you he was get trying to do. All the things he's pointing at. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was like What terrible. I loved about not well, okay. <laughs> when I first saw Blade Runner, I thought it was the best movie of the Still amazing. Yes, yes. And this was, you know, the original cut with Still the voiceover. A voiceover. Oh, right. didn't, it didn't bother me until I realized there was a version without voiceover. And then I fell in love with that. Right. And correct. that's where it stopped. And I like how everything is ambiguous. There's a line in the beginning where um, the Police Captain says there were six replicants who were who, who six replicants who escaped from the, the, the penal colonies, right. and he he only goes after five, implying that he's, that the, he's sixth. the sixth, one, yeah. right? And I always like that ambiguous amb- amb- ambiguity. Yeah now recently and he recutted the movie again recently and he put like glowing eyes in ah, and stuff and man. Like, Come piece on. of shit really
1: yeah. what so the
2: that, fuck uh, man so it, uh, that's what that's what bothers me of and, and that's actually uh, going back to spielberg spielberg went back and re-edited E.T. and took yeah. out every reference to Avocados. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, well you turned into the flashlights or some flashlights shit, right? Flashlights or walkie-talkies. Hey, i do not That's, okay. what, yeah. that's what, what bothers me is that there's revisionist history. Right. right. Or like the fact that you can't find, you can find the original cut of Star Wars, but you can't find the original audio of Star Wars. Really? Yeah, because the original audio was just Dolby and there were different background lines there's a there's there's a famous one so on the on the record the the uh so i had a okay back then there was no home release and you know you if if you're lucky you owned a 16 millimeter print of it or something like that right um, but the, the best you could do was have an an audio record and you would listen to the the, you would listen to To the soundtrack right and with the dialogue and everything yeah 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 yeah. no way it's one of my favorite things i've I've ever owned i still own it i listen to it every once in a while it has a narrator and he narrates the entire thing and it's and it's and it's just audio from the movie what the fuck man so near the end when the, the stormtroopers are chasing han and Chewie through the death star right uh, there's a there's the kind of a slapstick line about opening the blast doors and then closing the blast doors. They kept yelling to close the blast doors, and they closed them after Chewie Han do- do- dove through them, and then they have to yell to open them again. It's slightly slapstick, yeah, but that line doesn't exist in the movie except for the original Dolby. Wow. Song. Except for the original. That's yeah. amazing. Of course, wow. all these super weird nerds know that. But. Yeah, but that's a great thing to know. It's yeah, pretty exactly. awesome, man. So, yeah. I, I, what? I have my memories of those days and those movies, and that's what I've kept. Yeah. And... Why, if, why it, change it? Why revise it? For what? You exactly know? right. And if Fox ever... So at the moment, Fox still owns the home release rights to Star Wars, that right. did not right. go to Disney. So everybody who says that, oh, Disney's going to release the original, that's never going to happen They're the ones that did the cease and desist at Exude.
1: Right. So they canceled the screening on the 28th. So, hey. Pretty wild. Wait, uh, who uh, Fox did? Yeah, or? Fox sent them to the cease and desist. So how do they find out? I don't know,
2: but hey, it's what it is, man. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to strange things, right? What I like about it is the kids of the stars. Yeah. And they had that hasn't happened in decades, and like it harkens back to a slightly to Goonies a little bit. It does. Just, just to the adventure spirit. Um, you can definitely tell that Abrams was trying to do that with Super 8. But he had the whole subplot with the father that didn't need to be there. Yeah. And kind of railroaded the kid story a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And what I liked about this, what's Strange Thing is sure, Winona Rodder's there, but we all know her as a kid anyway, so Yeah, and she's and
1: also just
2: an ancillary character. Although
1: she was awesome. No, if you think she was she, awesome,
2: she's, she's back. You know? yeah, Hopefully yeah, yeah, she's hope trying so. to get more things now yeah. and hopefully they actually finally do Beetlejuice 2 uh, we'll see oh, man. but then again how many times has has Burton broken your heart in the last yeah. couple yeah. decades he's know? a big breakup artist that guy was yeah. absolutely, man sucks but I can't wait for a season 2 of Stranger Things oh yeah and, and what I liked about it is that, is that the plot was very, very basic. Yet, it didn't like all of a sudden at the end turn into a like, government conspiracy. It was there was actually a monster. Yes. There was a multi-dimensional portal. Like everything, it wasn't just like explained away by you know swamp gas, right or, or, right, right, or something that. So what are your what are your give me like three
1: burning questions? After the last episode that you're like, what the fuck?
2: Uh, I want to know more about the sheriff's daughter. Hopper. Wait, oh, the daughter that died. Yeah. All right. No, I'm convinced that she didn't die. And I think that, I think she's 11. Wow. Wow. Okay, sorry. Wow. That's a good thing. Yeah. Number two, give me another one. Uh, I, I would like to know more about, well, I mean, they set up the fact that Will's not normal. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty uh, obvious, I guess. Not that I don't care about that, but that's not really a mystery. It's clearly going to be addressed right away. Right. Uh, I want to know more about... So, the the multi-dimension, if it's as big as our world, so I'd right. like to know more about that world. And there can't be just one or two creatures in there. Yeah, there, there has, has to, to be a whole platform. world if it's going to be right. And there has to be other humans that have been taken. So I, I want to. Be, I want more exploration of or the
1: the, uh, the other, the other side. side. The other side.
2: Exactly. See, here's what I want: the know. underside.
1: The underside. When Hopper gets into the car at the end, like what happened? Did he always
2: work for those Oh, people? yeah, yeah. That's, that's another question is, why is he so familiar with that base? Yeah. And the people who work, well, the higher-ups. Clearly, the underlings don't know who he is, but right. there's something more to that story. And, and him feeding Eleven
3: afterwards, very yeah. clearly
1: implying oh, that she is not dead. Oh, man. such a good show. I haven't thought about
2: a show as much as I've thought about this one yeah. in a long time. So. And, and just small simple things like the banana seeds. Yeah, yeah, the bike And the fact they're playing legit DD. They went out and got the lights. I used to say DD. Yeah. And and pretty uh, awesome.
0: It's just brilliant.
2: Very good. Uh yeah, so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Stranger Things. Um I don't the only thing I'm really excited for is Rogue One. Yeah uh, dude I'm so pumped on Rogue One. I really hope they keep it a war movie and not It's supposed to be like a heist movie. Right. I, I, I'm worried that Disney's going to put too many cute references to Star Wars into that don't yeah. need to be there. Yeah, like the, the thing prequel kind. Like. Right, like the set dressing alone will put you in that universe. And they got it right with the last right. one anyway. And so you clearly know the story already well yeah. to a point i love the fact that you get to see the the, the death star subway system yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. awesome it's like it, it kind of feels like uh rosencrantz and gildenstern
1: are dead like oh, it absolutely. feels like that like
2: a, a, a side movie yeah um i felt that i am worried of the extensive reshoots yeah they, they reshot 80 percent of the movie after wow, after. But I don't know. This is all just rumors, you know. Yeah, man, I'm in. I'm 100 percent in. I yeah, don't no, I'm excited for that, but much more. I mean, you know. Did you see the Star Trek? Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, but you it's also, it. Also, it's you know, it's, it's revisionist Star Trek. It's which is fine. Yeah, yeah. It, which what is needed for this world at the moment? No hey, one like wants podcasts, no rock? one wants cerebral Star Trek. I do, but yeah. I'm also the minority. You, they need to make money to keep this thing going. So they got to keep it less right. cere- cerebral, less cerebral, and more action oriented, which is completely fine. And the fine and the fact that Simon Pegg wrote it yeah, that's pretty good. I cool. love Simon Pegg. Yeah, I like yeah Simon Pegg's awesome. dude. He's the best for real. Like yeah. that shit is still good. Like all uh, gentlemen, right?
4: What I Like I re
2: I rewatched though he had nothing to do with it, but Nick Frost is in it. I rewatched uh, Attack the Block recently, and so it's good. It's so should, good. Are the Boyega guys. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's still so awesome. Version. Um, Still a great fucking movie, right? Absolutely. And that that was was all practical effects. That's That's awesome. All those creatures were just men in suits. I love that. So good. So good. Damn, I tried. And honestly, another thing I'm looking forward to is what you and I have discussed before is the black and white version of of your your, road as a silent movie. Um, Oh man, it's gonna be so good, dude. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Be so good. There's a bunch of podcasts I listen to. And one, We're just to
4: well.
2: cinepunks oh, is the one you're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's above everything else. Oh, you know what? It's called the canon. Yeah. It's two people talking about which movies, which movies deserve to be archived forever. They're kind of tools at times, and and they're clearly younger than I, so they don't have the same. Okay, I'll take the same point. reference point or reference points but in my opinion, you can't judge a movie unless you saw it when it was originally released. Because you can try it. The world around you really affects how you enjoy that movie. Right. right. So you That's can, my issue with Suicide Squad. That oh,
4: that it's absolutely. such a
2: heavy gun
1: movie that in this time it makes that it fucked up so to watch. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you live in North so Philadelphia. So but go on.
2: Yeah. Like like people who keep telling me that are like oh you know this movie's better than Star Wars like okay I mean, now maybe it's better than Star Wars but you weren't there in '77 in the dark in in, May, in you know early June because I didn't see it the opening weekend. I saw it the next weekend, and you weren't there in, in the dark watching something that no one ever thought about, yeah. let alone produced. Had nothing like that existed. So you can't judge it against anything else. And that's what annoys me about all these people like, oh, the new Star Wars was this, this. It's like, well, you know what? The new Star Wars was Disney's apology for the prequels yeah, and the, what so disney invested four billion dollars in making this franchise something important again so that with the with the first movie sure it was essentially retelling of the first star wars But yeah. they had they had to do that they had to remind people why you love star wars and you had to apologize for everything that that the prequels did. The, yes. So uh, the aesthetic was clearly all 70s. Yeah, so 70s, and and the but way, it perfect. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And, and the way that the style of filming, and and. And so forth. So, yes, people were like, "Oh, it's just a fanboy." You know what? Yes, that's what it had to be. But now they can go tell darker stories, stories that don't require cute droids and so forth. Which, I don't mind cute droids. Yeah. Like, there's, but there are other stories that
1: need to be told.
2: It feels like they laid, they,
1: they opened the space for the right. for the regular they, discussion. They, to be right. done.
2: They, they, they brought they brought people back to the fold that were very angry about the prequels, right? Right. I mean, dude, they had to. What are you gonna do? You yeah, know? exactly. But piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I'm just excited for certain directors. I want to see what uh, George Miller has coming down the pipe. Yeah, now that he's, he's now, now that he's back the, the back, right? Like, well, <laughs> apparently he has three stories in him. I don't know if they're if he has the time to really do them all. He was eighty some odd years old. Yes. Not that that really matters because he sits the entire time and just points. But
3: <laughs> you know, at,
2: at a certain point. Being yeah. in Kenya for that long is going <laughs> to be, be yes. rather stressful. Oh, yeah. Stressful. For eighty. For an actor, <laughs> <active Denari. laughs> uh, directed movies with large <laughs> explosions and yes. the best car chases yes. ever? And uh, <laughs> so yeah. like I don't know. Right, you, Mark, well, you know what? I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one more thing. Give me one what, more what thing. I, what I've also been and really and into recently are I call them just I don't know what I I refer them to as talking movies. There's nothing but. People, ah, it's the Kevin Smith kind. No, no. Well, not really that. But like, The Big Short. Right. Okay. Or, or Spotlight. Spotlight or Primer. Like these movies that are, they become more popular as the as the years have gone on. But like Primer is my favorite movie of all time. It's a sleeper movie. Is great. Yeah. Sleeper nothing movie they made for thirty five hundred bucks. In, in North Austin, Texas, about time travel. And you know, they, they bought everything from Walmart, returned it the next day, and just did everything on an extremely low budget. Yeah. Uh, but the movie is just talking. And there's, there's no huge set piece. Anymore. Yeah, there's no huge sci-fi there's effect. There's no actors, it's just him and his buddies who happen to learn how to act for this. Right. And and what I like about it is it's just, it's expo- not really, it's not even really exposition. it's just people living their lives. Yeah. Without w- w- without yeah. having to yeah. blow a car up or, yeah,
1: without or, the weird, uh, or jump out a
2: window or, yeah. or without yeah. something that is so yeah. otherworldly. Not that time travel isn't otherworldly, but the way that they do it is so pedestrian. Yeah. It's like you and I could do it tomorrow. Yeah, It seems very tangible. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I like about The Big Short is it's that, just dudes talking yeah. about extraordinary things. But not like just living. Well, you had life.
1: amazing yeah. actors in that movie. You had Mark Ruffalo. You had Michael Keaton. Like, yeah. dude, you had some great people in that movie. Absolutely. Like, but that's what makes <laughs> Primer like such an interesting that's flick because
2: it's like you don't have any big names. Right. You no, know, and that's what I, that's what I love. love about it. And I remember when I first saw it, I I, I stopped it and re- and watched the entire thing again. You know, yeah. That night. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I missed everything. I have to watch it again. And. to to this day and I I probably watch it once in a month. to this day there's still questions which which I love pretty great I I want movies that keep challenging me and and challenging what I'm looking for in a movie and that's see that was part I talked
1: to uh, Chaka and Gavin from Burn last night about this very thing and it's uh what do we have the right to expect as consumers from movies? Because like you said, the movie trend now is towards dumbing everything down. Absolutely. And I think that as a responsible consumer, we can't just accept that. We have to be like, yo, we need a movie that will challenge us, that will make us think
2: about boundaries and borders. Because like, if you're not doing that, you're not making art. You're just wasting research. You're, 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 you're making... You're making money. That's what it is. Yeah. And and, and, and yeah. that's not what we want. No. Okay. It's not what a small portion of the movie, but we also are the most vocal, right, part of it, and we're the we're the quote unquote fanboys. But like, we're not going to line up to see <laughs> <coughs> Suicide Squad, but we will line up to see Road One if they keep our interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if they allow the filmmakers to make the movies that they want.
1: Yeah, man. And that's that freedom is is what is art maybe in protest of the removal of that freedom is what would make the next generation a viable art. You know what I mean? Maybe if you do stuff in protest, maybe if you make movies like uh, Beauty and the Beast, the 1946, um, uh, what's his name, Clouseau? Yeah. That movie was made during World War II. Right. It was made under protest. Like They told them they couldn't do that. Right. And what do we have? Right. An amazing movie, an amazing movie. So, who knows? Maybe this will be the step that, that brings us to the yeah. next level.
2: I think we're all waiting for the next class. Where, you know, like Spielberg, Spielberg, De Palma, um, Scorsese, <coughs> Scorsese uh, Coppola, yeah. Lucas, they all, you know, the, the Zentropi that they were in this group in the beginning yes. and they went on to change the film world and the world in general.
0: Right. So I think right. we're,
2: we're waiting for the next class and there hasn't been something said, since you then. You
0: got your Apatow, you
2: got... But not a group. Not
1: you know? a group. No. Yes,
2: there are standouts here. Yeah, you
1: Wes Anderson, right, your right, right.
2: uh Genet I'd say. Right. But... There is no crew. There's no click. Right. But there are also horrible hacks that are keep making movies, you know, yeah. like Thomas Anderson. Like, <laughs> how many times are they gonna let him make a Resident Evil or a Vent Horizon style movie? It's like we don't want That's that. shit. Yeah, that shit is terrible. I don't know. But
1: alright, Mark, thank you for talking to me. Oh absolutely, man. I love you, man. I love you too. It's awesome. We'll hanging out soon. with you. We'll talk more. Absolutely.
5: That's a good thing too. Okay.
6: okay. <laughs> So here we are again, this is the third interview I believe, this is uh, hardcore, yeah, this is hardcore, anyway, so with me today is
3: Johnny from New Jersey.
6: Johnny from New Jersey, where in New Jersey? Bloomfield. Hang on a second, I didn't get that at all.
3: (laughs) It's about like 10 minutes, about like maybe 5 minutes away from the Newark area.
6: (laughs) Okay, okay, no, what I meant is I didn't get the mic close enough for you to actually record, so say again.
3: Oh. Uh, which one? Like
6: where I'm from? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm from, I'm from Bloomfield, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. So, you were just saying that this is, I think you said fourth? This is hardcore in a row?
3: Yeah, this is actually my fourth year in a row. Uh, since then I've been going all four days. It's been, a wild, it's been a wild trip so far.
6: Sweet, sweet, sweet. This is only my second and they're like nine years apart, so that's kind of cool. So, um, you said you've been here all day. So, Thursday, Friday, what's the best thing that you've seen so far?
3: Oh, gosh, for Thursday, down to nothing, tore it up real well. Friggin. Seeing uh, Youth of Today was like, that I could not believe that I was actually able to see them. Uh, that was kind of like a come true. What's Who that? else? Friggin. Code Orange, seeing them again was like, they get to me, Code Orange gets bigger and bigger every single year with their crowd, And to me, that's like, they're definitely representatives of 2016, by far. And like the fact that they got signed to Roadrunner, I was like, I'm amazed by them.
6: Sweet, sweet, so during Youth of Today, did you drop pick anyone off the stage?
3: No, I was up on the balcony just like drinking, having a good having a night away. I wouldn't go anywhere near there. Like knowing, like seeing, the, seeing how like Youth of Today crowds usually are, I'm like, it is too bonkers. I had, I had to get like nine stitches last year when I was like seeing Foundation's last set. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna take it easy for tonight and see how it goes. Definitely gonna throw down hard for Incendiary today, that's for sure.
6: Nice, nice. I've actually injured myself twice today by smashing my shin on things on the ground. So I'm going to stay out of the pit because I will die. All right. So um, let's see. You 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 were saying that you listen to all of um, the this is I'm sorry. No, the Cinepunks podcast. So do you see a really do you see an overlap between the the hardcore scene, like P1 scene, and like underground, like not underground, but like the kind of movies that get covered on Cinepunks.
3: I noticed that a lot of the hardcore scene, I would say it's also a big, I would say it's also equal to like the horror genre. Definitely. I've seen like, some of the kids, some of my friends that are, in, that are also into hardcore with me as well, it's like, we share the same love for like John Carpenter and um, like, uh, what's his name, Lucho Fucci uh, movies as well. And like, we just have the same love with that. We actually got to see like John Carpenter like play in New York like a few months ago. Oh, oh I just saw. I suck at this. I just
6: saw him at the Keswick about a month ago. It was pretty awesome. You saw him in New York?
3: Yeah, dude. It was such an amazing sight. Just The fact that we were a part of that and, like, it being, the fact that that was, like, it's his first time ever performing, like, him performing the, the composing music that he did for his movies was just amazing. He opened up with, like, uh, with Escape from New York and, like, every, all the whole crowd was just so into it. It was such an amazing night.
6: Yeah, yeah. I definitely second that. Even though I saw him here, not in New York. So today is the third day of the fest. What are you looking forward to
3: today? Definitely looking forward to seeing Cindy Uh I've always wanted to see Gorilla Biscuits. Uh, they were one of the bands that like really got me into punk early on when I was like 14, 15.
6: Nice, nice. Yeah, I saw them at the Starlight Ballroom about 10 years ago. They're pretty awesome. I'm also looking forward to killing someone at killing time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we're going to tear someone around for a freaking incendiary. Just like those freaking guys, man, from Long Island. They know how to fucking write music, man.
6: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, all right, thanks again. This was, oh, I forget your name, Dave, right?
3: No? What was your
6: name again? I'm Johnny. Johnny, man, I fucking suck. (laughs) All right, Johnny, well, take care, have a good day,
4: and I'll see you around. And we're back for a second segment with with CinePunks writer, Kevin Hare. We're gonna do a live version of his feature that he does for CinePunks where he reviews movies that he may or may not have seen. All right, Kev, what did you think of the final episode of Stranger Things, and sum it up for me. Um, It was pretty interesting. I was very surprised
7: when the girl ended up being the monster the entire time. Okay. Um, I was also surprised when it turned out that everybody was monsters. The whole fucking time, and that the only person that wasn't was the fucking
4: restaurant guy in the beginning, and that's why they fucking got like his Yeah, ass. That, that, that I definitely didn't see that coming at all. Not that wasn't a very that, that wasn't a very M Night Shyamalan twist in the sense that it was just insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the uh, upcoming, or I guess it's out now,
7: uh, Suicide Squad? Um, it was really good. I very much appreciated the Joker being shown in kind of like a joking manner, like that he, you know giving him a more lighthearted yeah, character yeah. because um usually he's kind of crazy but you don't really see the sensitive fun side yeah, like you've never seen him cry before yeah so i really appreciated that part of the movie would, like seeing you know him more emotional
4: would you go as far as saying even clowns cry sometimes yes it's very yeah, absolutely. So, yeah.
7: um i really like the music how it just kind of like they're playing you know like when doves cry, as well, yeah. Prince is crying, uh, or is not Prince. Sorry, as yeah. same uh, difference. As the Joker is crying, yeah. and you know,
4: I really empathize with him. Really, yeah, yeah. wasn't really there yeah. in any
7: of the other movies.
4: The only thing I really didn't like about the movie, and you could probably back me up on this, I didn't feel that there was enough moments in the movie where where a character would say something, and then like something would happen they'd be like oh man today's gonna be a really boring day and there'd be like an explosion and then like you know I didn't feel there was enough moments like that in that movie well
7: it was because literally every time that somebody said something Deadshot shot them and it really didn't make any fucking sense (laughs) so you couldn't really establish anything because literally Deadshot killed thousands of people little to no
4: character development yeah alright uh so, the, uh, I know that one thing that's generated a lot of controversy and nerd rage this summer has been the uh, Ghostbusters reunion mm-hmm. with the all-female cast. How did you feel about that? Um,
7: I thought it was pretty good. I thought uh, casting Selena Gomez as the lead was kind of a weird uh, thing, but I thought she did a really good job. And by,
4: the, le- and by the lead, you mean her as Slimer.
7: Yes. <laughs> Selena Gomez as Slimer. <laughs> um, I thought that that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that uh, Fern Troyer was the main... Uh, antagonist also yeah yeah um it was kind of a weird to go uh selena and Vern together was kind of weird it was a little bit yeah but uh is the boogeyman but you know good chemistry good chemistry it worked i liked it i thought it was good um i don't understand why people are hating it so much i don't understand what they expected
4: uh Um, well i i think it's just people people are so concerned that their childhood their childhoods are fragile things Going
7: in, you know you're gonna see Meryl Streep fighting Ghostbusters. So what the fuck else are you expecting? Yeah, she's yeah. She's on the poster and that's that's it.
4: Yeah, totally. Yeah, she's front and center. Yeah. Alright, and last question about movies that are out right now. Independence day resurgence. Would you say that it falls short of the original or it is a vast improvement upon the original?
7: I mean, I thought Will Smith was good in this one, but I wasn't sure he was as good as before. I mean, he's like 45? Yeah, now. yeah, about that. He's He's not as youthful like before it was you're watching the fresh prince Kick you ass. know, beat aliens. Yeah. This time you were watching the doctor from concussion beat aliens. He's not so fresh. And anymore. that wasn't, you know, the
4: accent was kind of hard to understand yeah. what he was saying yeah. and it just You're literally watching I mean when when he says the doctor from concussion he doesn't mean like Old Will Smith. He means literally Will Smith's character from yeah. concussion. He's in he's in yeah. Independence Day. So
7: it was I don't know. It didn't it was fine and it was what I expected but at the same time I was like, eh yeah. Maybe they should have Nixed Will Smith in this one and, and gone with somebody else Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah I agree, like Chris Tucker perhaps Yeah. Alright, well that was uh, That was Kev Hare With his summer uh, Summer movie review uh, Stay tuned for more of that Thanks, Kev
1: We are here with Mr Stephen X Welch Homeboy of the podcast And all around Awesome person Hey
3: What's up, so, Josh?
1: Uh, not so much. How are you enjoying the festival? You are just saying uh, you are busy.
8: I'm busy, yeah. Uh, I work the fest every year, yeah. so this year is no different.
1: The last time I remember seeing you at the fest, you had your shirt turned off, and like it was weird.
8: Oh, yeah. After turmoil. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> That's the thing. If you didn't rip your shirt in the turmoil pit, were you ever even there? Yeah, did you do it right at all? No. Is there anyone that you're hyped about that we're about to see this oh. year? The trouble. Playing I've never today. seen the trouble, dude. I've never seen the trouble either, but I, I love them so I've much. I've been listening to them since I was like 13.
1: Dude, so I have no idea if if owning three different trouble t-shirts is too many t-shirts. It's not. It's like. No, that seems to be an appropriate number. Yeah. right? yeah. So anybody who would say going to kill people when they start playing, straight up. Yeah.
8: I cannot I brought my mosh dogs. Josh, dude. I got some news for you. You are the blood. Fuck! We are so gonna have so You are the skins. Oh, man. You are the streets. Dude. You'll never give in. I'm never giving in, man. That's the plan. That's the plan. Who else are you hyped about? Uh, Most Precious Blood. Yeah, yeah. And... Gorilla Biscuits, as usual. Yeah, Um, we're gonna have fun for Gorilla Biscuits. I think the Turning Point set tomorrow is gonna be really cool. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect. Again, yeah, I'm really interested to see what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had fun last night watching Integrity. Here of the knife is yeah. the set that has kind of like blown me away this year. That's Maddie who works for the yeah. fest, right? Maddie yeah. who works for the fest, um, Garrett Jansen who assists with the fest setup and breakdown, Brandon, like Tyler Mullen, all mainstays. Of, They're
1: all home team
8: of Philadelphia, Delaware, tri-state area hardcore. Right, as right, word. right, right. Um, but yeah, their set yesterday was amazing. Awesome. I, props to them. I was saying that. One of my favorite genres of music is White Trash Rob and they straight up lifted some Ramallah riffs
1: yeah. for that set and I'm
8: all about totally
1: it. Totally okay with that. More than okay. <laughs> Alright, let's let's talk about Hunt for the Wilder people.
8: Please, let's.
1: How how um how in tune with the movies of Taika Watiti are you? None at all. I, None at all. This is the first one that I had ever seen. You've never seen What We Do in the Shadows?
8: No, and everyone I mentioned this movie to oh. mentions What We Do in the Shadows.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, like, that's the one that's the most palatable, I guess, in terms of public consumption. It's the easiest one to connect to because he's from New Zealand. He's a New Zealander. And, I hear uh, that it's about vampires. It is. It is. But my personal favorite is a movie he did called Boy. Have you heard of this movie? Sounds more familiar, but I can't say I've seen it. That movie takes place in Australia, er, yeah, yeah, Australia, I believe. Yeah, and uh, it's like a kid who um, he's waiting for his dad to come back, and no one thinks that the kid's telling the truth, but then his dad does come back and he's like an asshole. Oh, oh it's shit. pretty brilliant! It ends, it, it's such a good movie, but let's talk about Hunt for the Wilder People. What did when did you see it? Uh,
8: I saw it last week. I was in Kansas City taking yeah. some classes and. It was playing in a theater near where I was staying, and so I went. Saw it on a Friday night with a bunch of upper-middle-class Midwesterners, and yeah. had a fantastic time.
1: Right. What did? What was it about the movie that you enjoyed?
8: I think a lot of it had to do with the delivery and the script. It's yeah. not a movie that's overbearing in any sense of the word. Like, it's just it knows what it is. It doesn't mm. want to be anything else. It's calm. It's collected, but it's never it doesn't shy away from emotion. It's okay with being funny, it's okay with being sad. What
1: did you think about the speed at which the movie moves along? Like, It's a really nice click. It like, moves at a really swift pace. Yeah. Like there's no, and they, what they include and what they imply mm-hmm. is so, it's swift. It's yeah. really, really fast.
8: I had a hard time telling sometimes if like two days had passed or two months. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they handled the sense of time really well in the piece. Uh, uh-huh actually made me enjoy a montage, which yeah. is something that hasn't happened in a long
9: time. Right,
1: right. But... It's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Do, do you think the movie would have been as good if the kid was not fat? Gonna be honest? No.
8: That's what I'm saying, no, man. man. Dude,
1: no, it's one of the few movies where not only is it not sizest in nature.
8: Yo, he's a fat kid, but no one ever just straight up calls him fat. No one ever uses yeah. that against him. like. You know, and when someone does, it's like an attempt to connect. You know, right? It's just like,
1: yeah, you like to eat.
8: Like, how about that? He's like the hip hop guy
1: too. Oh, it's awesome. So
8: good, right? Like, straight up, my one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is, "What's a Tupac?" Oh, he's this really cool rapper. <laughs> he's, he's like, my he's my friend. Like that, he names the dog Tupac. That's how you feel when you're uh, fucking twelve. Yeah, dude. You perfect. listen to a rapper and you're just like, yo, this dude's hard as shit. If we hung out, we would be best bros. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, how about the dog in the movie, though? Did you love the dog? I'm sad. Yeah. So, spoiler warning for anyone who goes see it, a dog does die. It does. Also. But in a heroic way. In a heroic way. um, I think it's a movie that everyone should see, even if there is a dog death, which is usually like a... That's a blacklist for it's me. It's a questionable the thing. Yeah. yeah, if they're
1: killing dogs, I don't really need it's to know about it. It's
8: impossible to do well, and I actually felt like it was handled.
1: Yeah. As Sam Neill, what'd you think of Sam Neill in there? Sam Neill's great. He's, he almost completely transformed to me to Dude, the point he, where I didn't realize it was even him.
8: You don't even realize that, like, the movie is about this kid, yeah. but it's not even really about the kid. It's about Sam Neill. It's about it is. Sam Neill's grief like, process. Yeah, and man. It's Dude. just. The way he develops through the story and the way that he kind of comes into his own transformation is fantastic.
1: Yeah, dude, so good. And I don't—I think a lesser actor would have fucked that up. I think that.
8: I think he, everyone in
1: this movie is so awesome. is so
8: top notch. Every line that they deliver is spot
1: on. What did you think about um, the 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 youth services agent? That lady. She's amazing. So just, good, right? Just, almost over the top like borderline
8: yes, right enough, though and you get that time and again in this movie everything is just like up to the edge right and suddenly it's just like nope this makes sense this is how this person would react
1: so good the yeah. little back
8: and forth that she has you know in the, the terminator in, in the play. thing yeah you know <laughs> That if is if it's Terminator, season. I'm the Terminator, you're Sarah Connor. Before In, she could do pull-ups. Before she could do a pull-up. Oh, so good. How fucked oh. up is that to say to somebody? Oh, my
1: God. So amazing. How
8: fucked up. So God? good.
1: So, so good. I also love um, the scene when, um, uh, right at the very end when he shoots Sam Neill.
8: Oh, it's great. You're a traitor. That's so... He's molestering me. <laughs> it's so awesome.
1: Man, I, I adore that movie. I think oh. it's really, really good. I don't think anyone's seen it, though. Like, it's one of those movies that just got a limited release. Yeah. And not too many people are even talking about it, and it's out now. It's, like, not even in theaters. I, it's one of those movies where I saw the preview, and I was
8: convinced that it was going to be an amazing movie, and I was not let down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
8: and I will say, there's a scene in the movie that I think, bar none, is one of the best comedy scenes ever.
1: Which scene and is this? Um,
8: it's the funeral scene. You know that the priest is the director. The priest is the director. That's what I've yeah. been told. He... The priest in this scene is up there with so the priest good. and
1: The Princess Bride. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Iconic you, even. Yeah.
8: Yeah. You know, this is something that people are going to be, like, talking about and quoting for years. It's going to become a cult <laughs> classic. And if you have not seen it yet, you are fucking up beyond compare. Right. I
1: agree. I yeah. agree. So here's the thing about this movie. It's a movie that makes you think about shit, and it harkens, it connects with feelings of old, but addresses things like belonging and acceptance. So what do you think? Is it okay to expect from a movie things that actually do that? Is it okay to expect from a movie not to be just flash-in-the-pan graphics and blood and guts and pussy and all 100%. this 100%. So then what's the responsibility of the consumer, as you see
8: it? The responsibility of the consumer is to consume what you like. It is the only responsibility you have as a consumer. Right. Very insightful. But if you want to see more movies, like Hunt for the Wilder People, where you learn something and you think about things, but it's not heavy-handed and it's not self-righteous... It's It's
1: artistic.
8: It's human. It's fucking human at a basic level. Then you need to... Find out where movies like this are playing in your town and go watch them there. Go to those little theaters. Yeah. Go and seek the... it out. Yeah. Yeah. Go to weirdo director showings. Like if someone's screaming a movie in their garage that you've never heard of, but some of your friends seem excited about it, none of your friends even fucking know about it. Go. Yeah. Watch
1: it. Be open. I think be as open. a consumer, the biggest thing is to be open. To these artistic endeavors, yeah, and not just to, not just to buy in to the biggest thing that's coming out. Yeah. So, all right, Steven. Thank you, brother. Josh. Thank you again for having me. Let's You're the man. Here. I love you, buddy. here with, can you guys say your names, please? Walter Schreifels. Shaka Malik. Gavin Van Black. And all you guys were in the New Braid documentary, right? Like, all you guys. That is repeated. That's correct, yeah, but
10: that he's
5: going to eat with his band, so I think maybe if you have a question to get yeah, yeah. Walter's take on it. What, what
1: did you think of the documentary? I, well,
5: I wasn't in the documentary, but I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was well done, and um, which, there's so many documentaries now, and I think that they're they, I, they kind of follow the same um, the same motifs story and yeah and uh, there was something it was just I had fun to it and uh you know, the summer that that was all happening, New Breed. I was involved in the hardcore scene at that time, but mm-hmm. that was when I went on tour, and so a lot of the stuff that was happening. You were on tour with, with GB or with? I think Youth Today, and then maybe GB. But it was the summer. I think it was Youth Today that summer, and um, and so it was a bunch of stuff that was happening in a summer that I wasn't around, and uh-huh. so I knew about it, but I kind of missed out on the actual. So it was it was just kind of. Filled some
1: blanks for me. Right, right, right. Did you um, do you watch other movie or music documentaries? No way, dude. No. Why would I do that? Well, no. I mean, like as comparative, like how do you think it sits in the pantheon of movie documentaries?
5: In the in the subject of hardcore, I would say that it was pretty well done. Yeah. I I would say high up. Right, right, Uh, right. One thing that struck me was that I got out of it was that the. Little Biscuits and, and that thing Was part of a, Of a wave That kind of Crested On the uh, The Way It Is Compilation Which I think Came out in 887 Or 88 And um, The new Breed comp Came out Maybe the next Year and I was impressed by how good all the bands were. Right. And there's uh, so many awesome bands. But on I think that the, thing. the scene underneath it, the thing to support it, mm-hmm. was falling apart. Oh. Wow. And so I don't think it. I think that was, th- for me. Like, uh, just that to me, the quality
1: of all the bands was much higher than I really gave it credit for or, or knew about. All right, right, right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, is there anything else that you want to say about it? Walter, it speak
5: to
10: uh, the panel discussion after.
1: The panel discussion was hilarious
5: because uh, we went to the
1: the. Um, Wait, where was the screening? This was the one in. In Brooklyn, in at, at the BAM. Mm-hmm. At the BAM. Uh, it was at uh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Nighthawk.
5: Oh, yeah. And what uh, yeah. well, it was its cool. audience? And there's so many friends up on the panel. And I asked some really obnoxious <laughs> questions because I just can't shout <laughs> out. It was odd. Awesome.
1: Awesome. What was the question? What was the you're question?
5: <laughs> it was you and
9: Stanford.
10: What was the question? Can the I I know? You know you're, 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 we have the screening, and I think that maybe we can give you guys access to it. So we, we have, I think, that bit of uh, that exchange, It's is
1: amazing. Right. So maybe you can you can share that with your listeners. I would love to. That would be awesome. Yeah. I asked
5: <laughs> who 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 did you ask and said no, and who or no who didn't? I was asking about the curation, like Ready. who didn't who didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I said man. it's so no, you, you whatever, one there, one were like, there there any bands that for whatever reason didn't end up on the cop? Yeah. and I was like what do you mean like your band <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, you know, it, it, it was worse than that because I asked like were there somebody I put them in the position of being in a, in a, it being like an asshole because they said that you know these guys weren't allowed because they yeah. sucked or the other side of it was they asked someone that said no and, and I said something like yeah like he did didn't say no that was probably your band you oh suck. man and it was just so brutal I didn't it see it I didn't in see it he in just,
2: all truth those, this,
5: those guys weren't supposed to be on this compilation. It wasn't you know I mean? our it wasn't our thing. So that's exactly. why for me it was like to me it was interesting to to uh to see how all those I think all those bands were um like another wave of the same awesome thing. But it, I think the awesome thing didn't really carry on because the venue started closing. Yeah and, right and there was a lot of violence and other factors but I think when like grill biscuits and that wave of things everything was kind of working. You guys had already kind of reached
10: like you said you guys as a your tier of kind of like the cop wouldn't have been a great showcase for you guys at the
5: time. Yeah, we yeah exactly. We were we were older than in, in, oh, in some oh, ways oh. as a band, not as people. Maturity, right. Maturity. The, the band was had a level of maturity that would have been out of place with the other bands at the cop. Yeah. Right. But um, I, I loved it, and I thought it was well really done and
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. is really good. <laughs> it was really good in regard that like it only took it only addressed the music in the last like 20 minutes of the movie almost like everything was and all, so the interesting
5: yeah interesting characters and also the fact the other thing is that there was uh, it showcased the part of New York that was like the boroughs you know what I mean like people um like just the the mixture of people like races and classes and uh, like the the relevance of like writing and hip hop and graffiti right. uh, and yeah you know, so that was that was another thing that I I don't know if there's been really a good I don't want to discredit other people's work, but I mm-hmm. haven't seen anything that's really knocked me out in the hardcore documentary department yet. Yeah. But I thought You Breathe One was really good.
1: Yeah, so, I thought it was really awesome, too. Well, it Nice to me. meet you. My guys might be waiting for me. Cheers. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, thank, thank you me. so much for talking Should to me. Enjoy your I'm dinner. Nice. Yeah, my pleasure. See you guys. Peace. So uh, I spoke to, um, we spoke to Orlando and I'm going to just leave that running. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. But um, they told me that the next project that they were working on, John and all them, was a documentary on freestyle. And so everybody that we were doing the interview with from from Philly, it was me and Liam and our friend Joseph. They're like, what's freestyle? And oh, I was really? like, so they said they're doing a movie about like Johnny O and Stevie uh, B and yeah, yeah, Freestyle. Is I knew what it was okay. and I was and I was well I knew what it was which was I guess kind that, of oh, that means, thank you
9: so
1: much. But the but weird, weird thing is that I didn't think that okay. no one else knew what it was. Oh, yeah <laughs> But apparently, that's like a very small and like succinct yeah. part of music that a lot of people were not aware of. It wasn't of. small
10: at the time. Freestyle was
1: basically a cross between yeah, disco it and hip so hop. I kind of think it was like New Wave and hip hop. That was the, the feeling that I got. Like, it was the cross section of like New Order and like the Run DMC urbanness yeah. into one. It was kind of the style. predecessor to house music. Yeah. To house music. I hate house music. But I love freestyle. I,
11: I like, I like. Like, like if you're gonna like like DB Jigweed Sasha like I like Deep House I, there's certain things I like with that genre See, of music yeah. but some of it just got very redundant yeah, yeah. I, I like never liked more... Freestyle much you never liked Freestyle
1: not into it no right
10: for me Freestyle music was the music that I used to go home and listen to and be emotional about the girls that didn't like it <laughs> yeah. and also the music that we used to break dance to right 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 Right. Mm-hmm. one more shot I wonder if I take you home Can Yeah you this
1: love, So good it? Silent Morning, Sounds Silent morning. That, that really has a new, a new Order feel to it Silent Morning TKA was another band That had a lot of like That New Order feel to me but it was just so good And I, I don't know I think it's like It's it's a lot A lot of it's coming out Again now And it feels as though that, A documentary about that Would be amazing I mean my Ghost so. festival
10: Shit is kind of like right
1: that Yeah your Ghost festival stuff why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about we'll talk about that after i to the right 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 okay so um let's talk about um uh, movies this is Center Punk, so it's like the whole deal is that we talk about movies with punk rockers or we talk about punk rockers with movie guys or oh, gals. Yeah, people. <laughs> so what kind of movies do you guys watch? <laughs> oh. It's like a slam I'm trying to think, like, what I've watched recently. Are you guys movie people? I like documentaries. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, what kind of documentaries do you like?
9: Mm.
1: Or what have you seen lately that you really liked? World history. A lot of stuff in world history, depending on, like, America.
11: American history is really, I find to be interesting. Mm. Um
9: yeah.
11: Even if we go back to um, like, and it's all speculative because it is. I mean, it's like they always say, history. History is written by the victors. Right. So when you get back to stuff that's like, like BC, hmm. it's all it's all hypothetical and speculative because we've we've gone through generations and, gener- and generations of uh, year one rulers. Like there was nothing
1: before me. Yeah. Um. And then destroy
11: that. all the shit manifests. Destroy. All the, sh- all the all the all the shipping manifests and you know, like, nothing else exists before my rule. Destroy the books, right. burn all the books, and we—I mean—we're yeah. a race of people that come from—we have so little yeah. contact or concept of what our, our true past is mm. because every time we've had a new leader, it seems they don't
1: build on the past; they destroy it and, and try to build a yeah. new history, mm-hmm. yeah, and rewrite history. Their right? Own. Inks. Uh, Inks. Are there any movies? That are about this was, kind of stuff that whole you love. Is nothing new. Um, stuff talking about
11: like uh, steppe culture right. and, and the Huns, um, you know, stuff like, like Kubla Khan, uh, Genghis Khan, things along that nature, things that go back to like, uh, like true Gothic nature and of like, you know, the Goths, the Visigoths, um, European culture as a whole. Um, where you look at the British islands pre-Roman were very, very similar to American Indian culture. Right. To where it was a very tribal system. Um, and, uh, you know, Roman Catholicism kind of tried to heal you know, heal that in and pretty much it was that the British Isles went under the same and this is how I'm probably going out on a limb of saying this <laughs> under the same uh, kind of rule and law that the American Indians did under, under your Roman Roman dictatorship, which right. is what it was, it was Roman dictatorship. Uh, so and it, and this stuff comes more and more to light. And, and I'm also a big I love conspiracy theories. Is this in your way? i sorry. I love conspiracy theories because the, um, more and more people that are called conspiracy theorists down the lines when you get back to get get fifty years down the line now, it's like Oh wow that guy was right. Yeah. Right. Right. So
10: conspiracy theory was invented by the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. After JK assassination. Mm-hmm. To to demonize people that were like, hey, well this shit doesn't seem like it makes sense. So they invent this term. That's you conspiracy theorists. Right. It has a lot of
1: weight. <laughs> it's a
10: very discrediting term. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for me, the, the, the movies that really have stuck with me from, like, I guess, I'm going to say my youth, okay. because you can't really, I think, understand movies as a kid. I think you even has some kind right. of right Greatest of the Wall Stark and Apocalypse Now. And then it ties with the kind of what like I was saying around events, right? right. Events, like- Bridgers of the Lost Ark right, says that there are these, you know, objects that have supernatural power that governments around the world are looking to have access to, right? Right. The Nazis wanted it to actually utilize it, and it says that the American government wanted it just to keep it
12: away from those
10: bad
1: guys. Like in yeah. the end of the movie, they, 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 they bury they, it in a big cavern. Yeah. But just before that,
10: the Nazis that opened up are like, let's do this shit. You know? Right. But, so, and that's interesting because the American is the, the, was the victory. But do you think that America's not using secret technology or advanced do, technology? So right. if they had the art, you tell me they're going to put that in the box and ship it away? This is what screen creepy was saying about rewriting history. No, you wouldn't do that. There'd be teams
12: working on that shit right now. Oh, that's right. Thank you.
10: And the other thing is the apocalypse now, right? Which I think. Yes, please. For me, my, my main takeaway from that movie was, like, like Marlon Brando, and and, and and I don't, my recollection is might be a little bit off, but he kind of went, he stopped responding to his commanding officer, right? Yeah. And he just kind of flipped out and became kind of his own, he went fucking rogue, right? he went rogue. He went rogue. Totally went rogue. Now, the thing about it is, I mean, theoretically, for that war, any commanding officer should have gone rogue.
1: If, the, if all of them had gone rogue, potentially. Yeah it would have ended way differently do
10: you understand what I'm saying yeah so it's just these little things you twist it but you make it crazy and he stops following the so you know he's killing everybody and he's killing his strings he's hanging them from the he's hanging them in t- top of their heads mm-hmm. you don't follow the waters you become this monster Mm -hmm. you know yeah. Um, so I think that those are some of the things that kind of tie into what Gavin was saying uh, about movies and and, and, and the victors kind of writing the history and those are really small things
11: but they can have a huge effect Mm -hmm. yeah no for sure well I mean part of it I mean you want to take that apocalypse now theory let's bring it back to the whiskey rebellions post post uh, post revolutionary war where the militias which right after the revolutionary war right after we had like over come British rule, all of a sudden our government starts to impose taxes on us. And who do they impose? They impose the former militia men. They impose a tax on the former militia man, Western Pennsylvania, in which George Washington rode out there with an army and slaughtered people, our own people, slaughtered our own people because they went rogue. They wanted to run. They, they wanted autonomy from. We, they wanted what we originally fought for autonomy from, right. from, from that kind of government. From an imperialistic yeah thing. So this isn't anything new. This is stuff that, you know, history constantly rewrites itself and rewrites itself and rewrites itself. Mm.
10: Just with the same harmonies yeah. and rhythms Right.
11: Just with a new start.
1: Yep. A new octave of the same kind of story.
9: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think that movies that are made now still have the same sense of consciousness like the movies that you're referencing? I think
10: they so I mean a movie like I mean I was do want to mention The Matrix because it's so easy to mention The Matrix
9: mm-hmm.
10: but I think The Matrix the tried Matrix to share a lot of concepts mm-hmm. around choice, discernment and, and personal empowerment
9: mm-hmm.
10: and I think that today movies seem to have gone a, a a route where they might try to dazzle you visually mm-hmm. CGI right and maybe they're not really asking the listener or the viewer to be as invested emotionally or at least challenging viewers a lot of movies well,
1: now that, there's no challenge without investment right right right, right yeah <laughs> that's fair. I mean a lot of the movies are coming out this summer even we saw Suicide Squad on Monday thought it was awful Not a horrible horrible time and then wow. we saw Don't Breathe last night Or two nights ago, right, Mm -hmm. babe? And that was really, really bad, too. And it's just like, it seems as though... Movies no longer are meant to inspire. They're just meant no. to placate for... They're meant to, they're meant to, um, you they're meant to shut you down. Yeah, yeah exactly. The stage, uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you guys consider movie making, like, the same strain of art, like, revolutionary? Mm-hmm. As like uh, a movie? movie making is an incredible art. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Is, do, but you see, like, the commonality between that and what you guys do on stage. Like, is there a, is there a connection there between these two mediums? I'll give you a first.
10: My name is long-time friend that was man he's making a movie right now about, about a documentary about the LA riots mm. where he's not only interviewing like people that were involved in the different gang sides and the, and the, the, the effects of, of the riots and the, and the black neighbors there and the gangs that were involved mm. but also interviewing the like, chief in police in LA people like Harry Farrell Right. really getting this whole
1: perspective kinda, like 360 look at it.
10: and that's the only way like we were talking about Jen uh, was mentioning yesterday that the set that we live gives people opportunities opportunity to go on a journey with us, right? Mm-hmm. Which is important right? because that's what that's where the conversation just comes from. You, you you recognize yourself. You recognize the challenge you begin to to throw that challenge off you come out the other side Mm -hmm. fuck that was great and I think that you know between movie making and the stock that Sasha's doing where he's getting all these perspectives whether you're white black you know rich or you're able to to identify with certain perspectives that can then allow you to to, to pin yourself and say okay well you know I guess I kind of get where that other person may be coming from Mm
1: -hmm. because you feel that just takes you out of your own center
10: but but, but also anchors you in your setting but then gives you another
1: perspective and oftentimes the films,
10: they try to tell you something, but without giving you an opportunity to feel anchored, mm-hmm. they just try to drill an idea down. You yeah,
1: that doesn't work either. And
10: yeah. for the band, like oh. we have slow songs, I don't like, No, 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 slow <laughs> songs, fast songs. You get anchored, chill with us, mm-hmm. and then, like you know. Really now, expand. It, if we're gonna play it faster. Then now we're gonna take it down, and we're, we're gonna give you an opportunity to kind of really just be more self-aware. Mm-hmm. I think that's where, for me, like I went to see James yesterday. i to fucking cried. Yeah. You know, because I was yeah. able to really, I felt my, I felt noticed not by them, but by the music. Right. So, okay. I think a good film does that.
11: Um, film is not only the most recent. Actually, it's Rebel Kings. So Dave Shady, Shady Perez, put it out. Um, it talks about it's weird how the the morphing of 60s and 70s gang culture into what actually became the Zulu Nation and then modern day hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and John F. Kenny and one of the gang leaders said you know right there I lost three people I looked up to three people that had like you know I have a dream no you don't Mm. you know you know I was like my people shall overcome no they won't and they eliminated these these are people that spoke out against these are people that wanted to pull the cover on what's going on Mm. and that's what happens and that's what gets silenced yeah you know like the old saying you either join the crew or get beat down right 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 and uh it's uh you know it's 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 sad because we're seeing that now both sides of the, of the election is like you know we the, you know you've got it's like a weird dystopia two right different devils yeah. with different colored horns yeah yeah no. you know
1: well I like red horns I want blue horns <laughs> true you know that's where the role of the filmmaker and the musician is very important though because what other voice do regular people have you know what I mean like see my favorite movies the movies that we love we love like I love Jodorowsky I love like 1970s um, like like all that weird, um, what's the word, um, psychedelic movies, but movies that have, like, that use... Insanity to tell very sane <laughs> stories. Like, have you ever seen like *Santa Sangre* or like no, *El Topo*? El like does that. El is another one. El uh, I guess that's it. Elma am I
10: pronouncing it wrong?
1: Yeah, like there are some directors that are still doing it today. They're mostly foreign directors. Uh, absolutely. A lot of Japanese directors are doing it today. You know, like, they're stepping out and they're like trying to do things to inspire through absurdity. Right. But the, the fact of the matter is, current states of affairs are absurd in and of themselves. So that's the only possible reflex that that people as artists have. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I don't know if I'm i mean, It makes absolutely sense because that's what
11: defend the mainstream media anyway to reality TV. Reality TV is so fucking absurd. <laughs> It's so just ridiculously absurd right. that we become so anesthetized to it that, oh, yeah, this is the normal. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah know Donald Donald Trump from you know like from reality TV. Oh, but that's what he's supposed to say because he's a that's just how he speaks his mind. Mm-hmm. His mind doesn't work right. No, absolutely not. You know, yeah. He's fucked up. You, he's not the first person to have spoken his mind.
1: It's true. You know? Definitely true. What other um, artists do you think are pushing the envelope? What other what other uh, people or bands or movies do you pay attention to that like have an agenda? Like um, I, re- I remember reading an interview with uh, Ted Leo where he talks about the Specials. Okay. And he says that the Specials were a band that had an aesthetic, had a political agenda, and didn't give up on either of them. Yeah. Are there any bands that you guys think like are worth listening to? Um, I think of the band Gloss. You guys know that band Gloss. You're know, not I familiar with. I've heard, of, Gloss I heard of. of. That band is brutal. That when we saw them, the drummer learned how to play drums in high heels. That is a hard fucking style and. A- commitment That's amazing to an aesthetic and it's they, they don't do anything but be honest bands like that are very rare like you know bands like that come along like very rarely I think like the special is a perfect example you know Boss is another one like I find that like inspiration is very rare Mm-hmm. and you have to seek it out like not only does right. it have to be made but it also has to be sought out by the people who want it who want the change
10: can I share something very interesting with you that really kind of blew my mind right open. I wanted to get wrap my head around mathematics because I feel like it would help me just with my, my thoughts because I'm very creative right. but I feel like I
1: can use some order some pragmatism to exactly. the chaos of creativity so
10: I downloaded the book of Audible and I'm like yeah free trial get the free book so I got mm-hmm. it and I just never cancelled it right so I did it with like fucking right? <laughs> 15 so like, you know what like i saw this one book that the woman that wrote eat pray love and god i'm mad at myself yeah, jesus yeah you read being that magic i didn't read pray love but she had right. written this other book about creativity and ideas and she talks about how and i believe this because i understand in the spirit world is very similar how ideas are things that are seeking a human to help them manifest themselves right an idea can kind be around you, tap you the shoulder, hey dude like this thing, mm-hmm. what do you think? And you can be like, oh well I don't know. Or maybe you get too yeah. fucked up and the idea leaves you. And you yeah. say, fuck, I, I like that idea. you am talking about inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. Idea, come back to me. Fuck. It's you know? gone. yeah. And she tells a story about how she had an idea. She abandoned the idea just because of life. She met a woman, another author that she respected. And that woman ended up telling her, oh, yes, let me tell you about my new book. And it was the same exact book. With maybe 20% difference, but the same exact book, same location, the same fucking conflict points. Mm. So basically, saying like this idea was like, okay, you know what, dude? Like, fuck it. You yeah. Know, I'm bouncing. And also, this is crazy. There's a I watched a show called Pensado's Place which is about. Engineers. What's it called? Pensado's Place. It's on, it's on YouTube. And there's this uh, producer, I forgot his name. But he was talking about how he worked with Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson would work tirelessly in the studio. Do you know why? He said that if I don't take the ideas, they will give them to Prince. Whoa.
1: Holy
10: shit. <laughs> Isn't that fucking incredible? It's fucking Especially brilliant. when you hear about this woman telling her, you, like, yo, this woman had my story. And she the woman was cool with it. Yeah. But the, the idea was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'll see you. Yeah, things are I need to get manifested. Right.
11: Well, it's also, I mean, it breaks down to kind of like the, the, the Stephen King model. Uh, one of the things, one things he said is I very much incorporate this is that amateurs wait around for, waiting for wait around for inspiration and the rest of us just get up and get to work and in getting to work you're putting your you're making yourself open for these ideas exactly, to manifest mm-hmm. so if you're just sitting there waiting around that idea is going to be like oh, you're really not doing much you're sitting here the idea here. looks for somebody that's actually doing the work
9: yeah,
11: yeah.
10: So, yeah. that's true so, there's something about opportunity luck is when
11: opportunity ends. meets when, uh, opportunity meets preparation Exactly, and if you're not doing the work, you're not yeah. preparation. You're not preparation. You have to be prepared at all times.
1: What do you guys What do you guys think of when you get to a point where you feel like you're rutted? What is it that pushes you? Like you're locked. Yeah, when you get stuck and you're just oh, like that's well, I mean, for me, that's kind of
11: simple. I do that on a regular basis. Um, that's that's when you when you peak out of neurological adaptation, you need to change. You need to change your stimulus. Right, and that can be as simple as like for for me, what I'll do is like, you know, I'm working on a song and I'm having a problem. Okay, well, you no, know let's step away from this. I'm gonna like, take a kettlebell to the park across the street. Right. Uh, or uh, one of my favorites, I'll go, out, I'll go out. for for like a one mile run. Yeah. Because I'll I'll pretty much guarantee it within a half a mile that idea breaks open and all of a sudden I end up like picking my speed up to get back home because I want to get this idea down. Conscious
10: mind gets that. The conscious mind is what blocks everything. The conscious mind gets in the way. -hmm. Of the real download, because I know that when I get a great idea, I get a really multi-dimensional kind of picture of it, Mm -hmm. and it's really complete. But when I have a shitty idea, when I'm like half-focused because I'm focusing too much with my front, my my conscious mind. I'm trying to figure something out and I'm listening for it instead of just doing...
1: Just doing something. Doing You know,
10: the
11: process. Well, that's the flow. That is the flow of it.
10: But you block the... I think you block the... You you prepare so the process is inherent.
11: Yeah.
10: And then you just let the process go. But I think when I get in a rut, I'm paying too much attention to the process and I'm not trusting that I've already done enough work that I can just sit my black ass (laughs) down and actually have
1: something come out. Right. It's that trust that's the hardest thing to find. I think the trust is the... The link between inspiration and practice. The problem, the the problem too, is
11: that the conscious mind, the conscious mind, okay, the the brain in general is a problem solving organism, and unchecked, the brain can be a bully, and the heart is a child. And if you let your brain go unchecked, with me, I always have to wait around for my second thought and be like, okay. Yeah, no, no. My first thought was my first thought is always on the panic button. My first thought is always DEFCON five worst case scenario. Right, that's just how your brain works. And it's just never that bad, you know. My 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 brain is a friggin' drama queen. <laughs> you know and you just like oh
12: my god everything's going wrong
11: you know um, and I have to sit and wait for a second and this is part of my process I'm like okay no that's not that's not that's not what works you know um, and also my, my conscious my conscious one will play fear and be like no that's not a good idea you are crazy everyone's like I talked about about getting up on stage and, and playing live it's like standing up there naked rotating 360 degrees very 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 slowly under really, really bad lighting in front of a room full of people (laughs) that know everything bad about you and are just, you know... But that's the thing. It's like... I have to give over to the fact that you know my my conscious mind goes like you know when I step out on stage like oh they want to see you fucking fail no that's not true whenever I play live I'm in a room full of people that want to see me fucking at my best they want to see me succeed because that's 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 what permeates the room and that's where you get that, that that one thing the main thing I perform for is that one pop when the whole room is just engaged and it's 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 a collective conscious yeah that to me is that's the one one of the biggest drugs ever, and uh, I know I'm going off on a tangent. I'm sorry, no, fine. But it's really totally fine. Um, you know, and that's super important. I mean, you can talk to anybody who you know, you got a room actually in this restaurant, you got a room full of really amazing performers, right? You know, and all of us, it's that same thing when it's like you, you that just you're there and you feel it here, you feel it here, and you feel in your third eye, and it's just you know, it, it's that point where anything is capable, anything is possible you know it's limitless 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 power and it's not it doesn't belong to one person it's a collective yeah absolutely and uh and it's love yeah. it is love it, it that's is, what it, it is yeah. that's the embodiment of it yeah
1: it is that's it's what it comes pure down to love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what would you say to bands that are like playing the rooms of like five people
11: <laughs> play to like you're playing a 5,000 i don't yeah. give a damn those people matter you think
1: that love is there that, yeah, that yeah. third eye consciousness. Yeah, if, it a,
11: yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah.
10: I've, I've done it. I that. When you do, when you're playing with two or five people, you just have to change it. You have to reset the expectation, and it becomes. What I say expectation I mean how you project it mm-hmm. like you know now that Walter's gone where our energy is now has closed up right when Walter was here we opened up and we made room for Walter but when you're playing to five people instead of acting like you're playing to <laughs> a million people or being upset you're not playing well, you close down and focus on those people that are there right and right. give right. them an opportunity to feel what you're
1: feeling and
11: you win, That's the my truth.
1: That's, that's the essence of the art
11: that's the thing here's the thing those people grow yeah because those five people next time could be if they all bring you know one person in you're talking 10 people right right. and that multiplies and that's the thing it's like because what I mean and I'll say this as a young band and we did this I've done this with bands we did this with Verona people would well, leave the room and they go to the friends oh my god you've got to see this yeah you've yeah. got to see this that's what made that's, so hard, that's what made hardcore as big as it is mm. is that we were part of something that was so amazing that we couldn't keep it to ourselves and we met other people like you gotta come check this out this band's playing this band the Bad Brains is playing Yeah. this band at Chromax is playing this band Youth of Today is playing you got to you, you got to come see this you have to you need this right right this will make you happy you know and that's that's you know you need to send everybody out of the room you uh-huh. know going I gotta bring a friend with me next time I yeah, have to share this share
1: this because yeah love. yeah
11: yeah and that's For the real. thing I want you to be that's part of this mixtapes and all that stuff and the outgun was about yeah, yeah I want you to you be know. part of this yeah. and I love that mixtape culture is coming back because that's such a sign of love it's like hey you know what these
1: songs I th- make me think of- I thought
11: about you 30 minutes aside <laughs> <laughs> you know every song Every song in here, it, it, something in there resonates about you to me, and this right. is that representation of. it. And I think it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's totally. So right meaningful. It's so good. I miss you, Walter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Walter so, as consumers, <laughs> as like people that take, you guys still stay vital. You still listen to new shit all the time, yeah. yeah, yeah what do you do? You think it's what's what's the responsibility of the consumer? Like, I'm responsible see, for anything but themselves. Yeah. Not responsible to anything themselves. But as a movie critic, as a person that watches a lot of movies, I see a bunch of movies. I'm like, yo, this movie sucks. And I feel in my heart the urge to find the thing that I like in a movie that is abysmal for example watching movies like recently that I thought were like really really bad there, there's at least one to two things that I'll always find I'm like yo that shit was really cool they did a really long shot here it was a very static camera and it, it, it spoke to me what do you think the responsibility of the consumer is with art? Like, are we allowed to expect that much from what people are giving us? Are we allowed to say, like, no, this movie sucks, it's weirdly racist, I'm not watching this of shit. Course. Or are we allowed yes. to just, do we have to look for the good in it? I don't look for, I mean,
10: my, the way I appreciate things is I'm looking, I'm trying to take as big a bite as possible. Right. Like, so you, know, you just take it gear. all in, you're just. Yeah, and, and just reacting with what's there for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm if I try to say okay well I'm going to find what's the good questions that, that you're asking me or I'm going to for me that takes me out of my game I think a, 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 a consumer who, who has a right to be a career they can say hey you know what I watched it come cool parts but it sucked mm. because that's beneficial for, to the artist to know next time a yeah. job with a studio Right. a job I think the more we try to make excuses for ourselves well you know what, you sucked but I really liked when you said that one joke it was cool <laughs> I think that gives us all an opportunity to be kind of lame right huh. say hey you know
12: what <laughs> some cool parts but shit some
10: plan Come back and say, like, damn, okay, like, I need to, now I can change, now I can do something. It forces me, if I respect myself as an artist, right, to, to do something, to look at myself, remind myself, and make a change.
1: Right. You know? There's that but, reflexivity again. There's that whole mirroring. And that's what I mean when you, when I started making music when I was whatever, 13, 14,
10: yeah. when start working running online, when I was like 18, that's when you're really at that most reactive point. Yeah. I think as yes. you get older, I think a lot of, uh, uh, there's a, more of an opportunity for you to become less vital and, 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 and Less, you know, more brittle,
1: and so that reaction is not even there for you, right? And then the music, I think, suffers. Well, and then you suffer, though, ultimately, because then you lose that vitality and then you get old. And that's the I that I think of a heartbeat, you know, it's like a contraction and it's going in and out, it's going in and out, it's going in and right,
10: right, out, it's going right. in and out, it's just almost a, it's a, you know, it's reacting to itself in a weird way. I think that if you, you know, like when I used to DJ, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't take requests, you <laughs> <laughs> better take requests yeah, if you want to DJ. that. <x2> <laughs> You know, and as an artist, you better be aware of the fact that you're looking for an audience and at least take into consideration the things that you like that they like and uh-huh. give them an opportunity
11: to enjoy it. right. Right. That's just, that's my perspective. No, it's Fine. a good one.
1: It's a vital one. It's worked for burn for how many years now?
11: It's an evolutionary thing, yeah. because if you think about it, every animal that's evolved to its environment is involved involved physical attributes and traits that help it survive in that environment. Right. Certain you know certain animals even came lives. and walked on land. Yeah. You know, fish grew an amazing apparatus to help them survive underwater. And the the species that didn't grow and adapt went to the wayside and it's the truth of, like with music is like that too it's like um, I, I work I, I work a lot with competitive athletes and you'll you're, just you're a weight trainer yeah I'm, I'm, a... I teach Muay Thai oh, I'm shit. also a strength and conditioning coach as well just like weight lifting is a small aspect of it being able to get right. someone strong understanding how strong and this is true how strong is strong enough mm-hmm. okay it depends upon the Environmental demand. Now, this is the idea. If you have a guy, okay, you can get a guy who's fast and he's powerful, but he's got one round lungs. If that, Mm. you know, and a fight goes anywhere from five rounds, Mm. he has to work on that trait. And it's like with music, okay. You know what? You got certain aspects that are great. You got you got your guitarist is amazing. Singer (laughs) sucks. You know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your you know your singer's not good But he's got great presence And he needs to find his voice Your bass player and your drummer are They're locked up But they can do better And these are the things That good bands need to hear Good young bands need to hear To be able to evolve Because what I look for is In a young band Is someone who makes me like oh, Oh wow I gotta get on my game, yeah, right? You know, that, I gotta. I, I that's some cool shit. Wow!
9: Yeah,
11: right. and I try to keep musicians around me that make me feel that way. I mean, Manny, our, our bass player, is one of those people that constantly is turning me on to like new music. Um, he's an awesome bass. Yeah, player. Ian Love, who's so, a really good friend of mine, I constantly I go to him for like ideas. Sergio Vega, who's one of our sound, mine and Chaka's sounding boards. He's playing here tomorrow night too. Definitely. Yeah, um, he's you know. Like it's just one of those things that like you keep people around you that are honest with you and will tell you like you know what this is this this idea is really great or this idea isn't really great and this this could be an idea but you need to you know what step back from it to take a look at it from a different angle. You know, because I always tend to not look at you know music like notes and chords. I always think about movement and shape and substance and flows and you know because the note are just part of it it's um you know it's how am i how am i looking to how am i looking to make what's 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 the emotional reaction i want from this you know at base root fact music to me should make you want to do one of two things Fuck it or kill it. (laughs) Two very, very visceral things. Or sometimes both. Okay? Um, But it's like love or anger. Yeah, right. And uh, it's one of those things that just, like, you know... It, it's very important to me and, and, and there's all there's all different ranges of ranges of fucking and killing folks okay so let's just you know it's not a total gray area there um, but I'm you know I, I it's not so much about just the technical like okay does this guy understand a natural minor scale right that's right, right. fine You you have to understand the rules in order to break the rules and step outside the rules yeah
9: you
11: know yeah, it's yeah. it's not the uh, like you know Miles said it's not it's not the it's not the notes it's the space in between, right? That makes things matter, um, and that's a big thing in in music. And it's like you have to learn to take critique and not take it personally. But just to understand that's part of the art. Because get back to this, too, and that thing on stage, is this isn't personal. This is about all of us. So when you get on stage, you want that common collective, that pop, that, that lock in with the audience. So it isn't just about you. You need to improve it so that kid in the audience feels that. Because that kid could need to hear that song because that kid is at the point of of, of eating a bullet yeah you know mm-hmm. this me I've said this before this music saves lives yeah you know that, music, well, that's music, music in general saves lives yeah, yeah. you know and, you know hip-hop music saves lives mm-hmm. you know it's like hardcore saves lives you know it's like I'm sure I'm sure some countries artists saves some lives. Yeah. but that's the thing music saves lives right. and I know someone has heard a song and made Swing, just swung them in a direction that was not deleterious to their well-being. And that, to me, is really important. Uh
1: trying not to get on my fanboy, you know what I'm saying? But I'm also not doing a very good job of that. So You're being honest, man. And <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I, mean, I Dude, it's
11: uh, it's amazing. It's like Walter said, you know, we've all been at this a quarter of a century or more. Yeah. And we're still doing this. I mean, you got in the other room, you got Siv, you got Lukey Luke, you got Walter, Arthur, you got the whole line of Gorilla Biscuits in the other room. <laughs> and it's like, we, you know, we, at CB scene, these guys at yeah. the pyramid seeing these guys. And it's like and now you know we're playing here in Philadelphia into a huge audiences. Yeah. Gigantic and like all solid, credit to Joe too. What, yeah, way. all credit to yeah, Joe. Look and good. and you saw that last night with Youth of Today mm-hmm. where you know people were just losing their shit.
1: Yeah? And that's you know it's a
11: freeing things. So yeah. It's
1: great. It's really
11: good. I mean We like, need that that's the freedom that's the freedom that's promised to us through our government. That they can't give to us. Right. So we just have you to have to take to that. Yeah. You have to claim that. You have to you have to show up for yourself you know I mean, it's like you can be you can have all the make, make America great again and black lives matters but I'll tell you what man slogans are not solutions yeah no you, know. you gotta do
1: it for yourself you yeah.
3: gotta do it in your heart
1: exactly
2: <laughs>
1: it's awesome talking to you guys great talking to you too you <laughs> damn good food what's up have you guys seen green room yet mm-hmm. have you seen green room Oh, no, no, I haven't. I've heard it's know. really good. That, the dude, we interviewed the director for Cinepunks, and he showed up in a, uh, a leeway shirt, but it was the Screen Stars long sleeve from like back in the day. Wow, we were like wow. This dude's for real. And we like had <laughs> no idea because That's... the other movies that he did were not at all core related. This movie is directly related to his experience in the hardcore scene. Supposedly, it's about a real band. Do you know the story of the movie? I do not. not. The band is on tour. A show falls through, and this dude is like, I got a show for you guys. It's a bunch of skinheads, but you guys will be fine. They go to the show, and they realize it's actually not skinheads, it's Nazis. And then they have a Jewish dude in the band and, you know, all this other stuff. They open their set with Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. It's tough as shit. Then they, they go to the green room and then the Nazis find out that there's, like, all this stuff. So they try to get into the green room to kill them. And they're, it's a siege movie, basically. They're stuck in this wow. room and they're trying to defend themselves against Patrick Stewart, who plays the main Nazi.
12: <laughs> Amazing <laughs>
1: movie. But uh, when we did the interview with the director, he was like, yeah, this movie actually happened in real life. But it was a hardcore band and what happened was they just beat up everyone and left. <laughs> <laughs> was like probably Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean we. we, 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 had, we had an was you guys? Because he was just saying like, yeah, there was a band, like you know, there's a black dude in the band, and like hey, really? they didn't. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, and they played the show, and there was like a bunch of Nazis. There. Yeah. That Did was All, that was us at Allentown, Pennsylvania, and we had no idea. I don't know. I mean, I'm. not... I'm sorry.
11: I'm gonna throw. It's an experience. There's an experience <laughs> that we had that <laughs> resonates with that story. I'm not sure
10: that it's the very story.
1: I don't know if it's the exact. Right. But the one band that he mentioned was like, yeah, it's a hardcore band, and the reason that he had to change it was because he was like, that band was so tough that like, you know, it just made her a punk band, so they're all skinny guys. <laughs> right. And then that's how he made the movie. You know, I mean, you
10: see videos on YouTube, like it was like that was crazy.
1: Yeah. That shit was real. Yeah, that was real. Yeah.
10: What year it was, was
1: it, this? But The, thing about it is that, it
10: was the difference oh, is that it was like probably five hundred kids there, maybe three hundred Nazis. You know, some straight edge kids <laughs> and guys making a hardcore kids, and then, like, a bunch of bouncers, very large black children. And we had a bunch of graffiti writers with us, so we were kind of down to throw, or whatever. There was mace involved. Uh, there was... Uh, I put a cigarette out of salt hand. there was... But the thing that made it crazy is that the local uh, sheriffs were the, the parents of... These the Nazi
2: kids, Yeah.
10: And they had bought a bunch of our stuff. I mean, like, I think, I guess they used to know I was black, or maybe couldn't resist. The shit was that dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
11: this pretty merch <laughs> pretty goddamn tight. I gotta say. Like, <laughs> Yo, but I look so fly in that bird shirt and that, and that cross lighting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you guys yeah. haven't seen this movie yet? No. no. You guys gotta fix that. I would, love, the
11: that I would you love to think would love to talk see. to the director. Actually. Yeah. He's, his name
1: is Sonia I forgot. Jeremy Sonia is a good. Which is ethnicity? I think I didn't do the interview Liam did I think he's a white guy he did uh, another movie called Blue Ruin that was the movie before this one and then before that was Murder Party but Green Room is it's a genius movie because it's, it's, it's one of those movies that you're like you see it and it's Patrick Stewart who's like it's a movement it's not a party like saying all like weird shit Miss like, Patrick Stewart <laughs> loves him dude so good so good so good so what bands are you guys stoked on for the weekend like what are you guys like listening to that you're hyped on for the weekend I'm stoked on uh, GB today um, uh,
11: naysayer where I'm not going to get a chance to sleep yeah I dug Code Orange I thought they were great, Code
1: Orange is great. it's an intense band huh yeah for such young kids too yeah <laughs> it's like so brutal yeah, yeah. um
11: yeah, I was no I was really wanted to, I mean I would have loved to have been here to see Incendiary tomorrow. They're like they're like to me they're like the they're the it band of the year. They're they're just so good. Um, but I have to be back in New York tomorrow so I'm not gonna be able to do that. Right. You know. I really I we've played with them and I'm just like
1: I was like, Wow, they're so good, man.
12: Mm.
1: Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I'm like running out of things to say. I'm like just stoked. No, oh, I think we're, we've hit on a lot of good topics. <laughs> 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 not really. Any any questions? Additional questions? I got nothing. You guys got any questions for me, yeah. Lonnie? <laughs> I have a
9: question
10: for you. Oh. Is <laughs> is that your also your, your 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 day gig or is it? No, I work in a mental hospital. <laughs> What's it like? Yeah. Kind of dealing with Josh's passion and his job and balancing everything come for you.
1: He's also in five bands.
10: Four so the, bands. Four. Four bands. So talk to us about that.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I support it a hundred percent. there. Well,
10: I didn't say you support it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at your perspective and not in a way to create polarization but in a way to create additional understanding and insight from me. What's it like? What what are what do you kinda of go through it as you look to make sure that you're being supportive? What's what's it like for your day to day?
3: Scheduling's oh, being, always the way. hardest.
1: Okay. Scheduling's the toughest.
3: Yeah. That I mean just roll with it. I don't know. We've just-
1: Our relationship has been based solely in trust and honesty. I love that. And
3: we've been together so long, too. Like, it's just...
4: It is...
1: Milani is... I I write songs. I play in four bands currently. She will tell me to my face what song sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> necessary. Just, yeah, no, yeah, she's yeah. not like just like I was sharing before. She's not saying, "Oh, that song is cool, and I really like when you say the one bit there." She's like, "No." It's no. Like, she's like, "Man, that's <laughs> you sure you want to record that?" Like, <laughs> that's always the question. So like, do, do what have, does you that? Have you your kind of creative passions that you're involved with at
5: all? Uh, not not creative yet. I'm still trying to find my way. I've tried a couple things, that haven't panned out. So I'm still still trying to figure that out.
1: The beauty's in the quest. That's true. Yeah. The beauty's in the trying to find. Yeah, that can be a lot of fun. And that's why that's why I find my wife to be the most beautiful. She's constantly searching. And and I think that's what keeps us young and and fun. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I agree with that. But a general chicken to go walking in the ground rice. Chaka, don't worry about it. Alright, listen. So I'm gonna close this out now. Thank you guys for talking to me. And I really appreciate you sitting down with me and doing what you do. (laughs)
11: <laughs> so, uh, what are the bands
1: that you're in? Uh, I play in... ai uh... am gonna cut this because no one needs to hear this part.
11: Oh. <laughs>